Hello and welcome to the Open Cloud Infrastructure Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Siegmann, and today is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023, and this is episode 11 with these topics. Kate's GPT, SRE Superpower through AI. KubeVirt running VMs on Kubernetes. Microsoft releases its own Linux distribution for Azure and a podcast recommendation. Kate's GPT, SRE superpowers through AI. I'm not sure you heard, but AI is definitely the current thing. I think it was just today that I read that 92% of developers love the assistance that AI can give them. Quote, a staggering 92% of US-based developers working in large companies report using an AI coding tool either at work or in their personal time. And 70% say they see, see significant benefits to using these tools. The study commissioned by GitHub says, now you could say that GitHub might be biased since Copilot is AI and it's critical to their future success, but let me be the first to admit that as a former developer myself, something that creates boilerplate code or other standard stuff like API is definitely welcome. Who wouldn't want to save time and keystrokes? Now the goodness is coming to Kubernetes. Finally, we have a big brother that we can ask for help fixing our broken Kubernetes clusters. Meet Kate's GPT, the AI that explains to you why your cluster is degraded, your pods are auto restarting and other things you know are broken, but don't know how to fix. Wouldn't it be great if Kubernetes were simpler to operate? Why, yes, it would. Quote, Kate's GPT is a tool for scanning your Kubernetes clusters, diagnosing and triaging issues in simple English. It has SRE experience codified into its analyzers and helps to pull out the most relevant information to enrich it with AI." End quote. That's how the homepage at katesgpt.ai describes it. Kate's GPT is designed for workload health analysis to help you find critical issues with your workloads. It's designed for humans to turn complex signals into easy to understand suggestions and to for fast triage and AI analysis. Uh, help you look at your cluster at a glance or use AI to analyze the cluster in depth. And also for security CVE review, you can connect scanners like Trivi and triage issues. Case GPT has, like I said, codified SRE knowledge that knows what to search for. It has created analyzers that search Kubernetes clusters for common problems and issues. And these analyzers are based on experience and are constantly being updated to keep up with the latest Kubernetes releases. If you're looking for a nice walkthrough of this tool, go to NA's early blog post and YouTube video. She works for Aqua Security and you can find the link in the show notes. If you want to give it a spin, there's even a killer coda example for those that want to play with a hosted demo environment. The link is in the show notes. KubeVirt running VMs on Kubernetes. Containers, containers, containers. I'm trying to speak this in Steve Ballmer's voice, but nothing quite compares to the sweat-drenched level of enthusiasm when Ballmer fired up the crowds. 
I was thinking of cloning his voice and have him say containers, containers, containers instead, but the thought of it creeped even me out. So what is KubeVirt? It's a bridge technology that allows you to run virtual machines on Kubernetes. It's specifically designed to allow you to run your existing infrastructure machines without much changing on a modern platform, making migration from legacy systems such as VMware fairly easy. Fairly easy is the key term here because you still need to know a fair bit about Kubernetes itself to be successful in this lift and shift model. Back in 2017 and started by Red Hat, KubeVirt is now a CNCF incubating product. Some of the things that you can do with KubeVirt are creating and managing Linux and Windows virtual machines, connecting to virtual machines through a variety of consoles and CLI tools, such as RDP, of course, importing and cloning existing virtual machines, managing network interface controllers and storage disks attached to virtual machines, and even live migrating virtual machines between nodes. In fact, a VM running on KubeVirt is running just like it would on OpenStack, Hyper-V, VMware, or any other hypervisor such as Linux KVM. The underlying technology, QMU, LibVirt, and KVM are the same, and one of the differences is that the management interface for KubeVirt is the kubectl command line utility, or if you use Red Hat, the web console of OpenShift as an alternative. It really is as simple as kubectl get VMs instead of kubectl get nodes. You can clone VMs, snapshot them, live migrate them from one host to another, all using the kubectl interface. Ask yourself this question. In the future, would you rather continue to use legacy platforms to manage VMs, such as VMware, or would you rather learn a new skill that's industry relevant and migrate your VMs over to kubevert on Kubernetes? I, for one, would prefer to learn something new. As an added benefit for bread and butter virtualization, there are no license fees for running VMs on Kubernetes. It's all open source technology, unlike VMware, a company that needs to find a way to generate over $63 billion for Broadcom after the takeover. Two things are certain for VMware users, I think. It's going to get more expensive and there likely will be fewer employees, which means lesser quality support and slower innovation. Microsoft releases its own Linux distribution for Azure. You might have heard of CBL Mariner, the Linux distribution from Microsoft. It's been the test balloon from Microsoft to hone in on the requirements of Microsoft and build up a practice of building a Linux distribution that's optimized for the cloud. You were able to download it and use it for yourself, but it was pretty bare bones. It had just a text-based user interface, a somewhat strange menu system, but it was fully functional when I installed it. Now, the next step Microsoft has taken and released uh, is the final product that's optimized for Microsoft Azure, aptly named Azure Linux. Jim Perrin, Principal Program Manager Lead, introduced it during Microsoft Build, held on May 23rd. Apologies for the poor audio. So for Azure Linux, uh, what we've chosen to do is build an RPM-based distribution um, that allows a 
Azure tuned and kind of customized focus on container platforms, uh, making sure that all the typical Azure extensions that you would expect to have, all that stuff works basically built in. And it is a a controlled and populated stack kind of from start to finish. So we take care of the platform from the VM on up. Uh, the AKS folks take care of the Kubernetes layer and the application stack above. Um, we've been running this internally now for, I want to say a year and a half, two years. Um, for uh, initially under the CBL Mariner name for version one, um, we've been running it with several teams internally, uh, PlayFab, um, some of the uh, few other folks that we've done blog posts with in the past whose names I'm blanking on now that I have a microphone in my hand. Um, and after running it internally for a lot of teams, it it seems kind of weird to just solve internal problems and a lot of customers have some of the, the same concerns that the internal teams do. So open it up and make it available for everybody. So what are some of the design considerations that Microsoft had? A big one for sure was security. For critical CVEs, patches are available within 72 hours. It's built from scratch to ensure supply chain security. It's also a small distro. The core image is 400 megabytes and includes 300 packages. Since it's so small, it reduces the attack surface and that helps make it secure. It's also multi-architecture, supporting both ARM64 as well as x86-64. But the real special sauce is no doubt the Hyper-V optimization for Azure with specific drivers for better performance. Is it of concern to the other Linux vendors like Canonical, SUSE, or Red Hat? No, it's not a desktop Linux, but I swear 2023 is the year of the Linux desktop. It's a specialty Linux made for Microsoft uh, and their use cases. So chapeau to Microsoft for finishing the transition from Linux is a cancer to Linux is my thing. A podcast recommendation. There are so many great podcasts out there and I listen to a lot of them. So why not call them out when there's great stuff to listen to? This time I want to recommend something unrelated to the industry. Give a listen to The Art of Manliness. The Art of Manliness is a one-stop resource for actionable advice that covers every aspect of a man's life. Character, career, relationships, fitness, style, skills and much more. Through weekly podcasts and articles, Art of Manliness tackles subjects from the philosophical and serious to the practical and fun. Art of Manliness differentiates itself from other men's lifestyle media outlets in providing content that is intelligent, thoughtful, thorough, eminently useful, and clickbait-free. Brad McKay founded the Art of Manliness in 2008 and has grown it into the largest independent man's interest magazine on the web. Listen to episode number 904 to learn how Emerson can help you become a stoic nonconformist. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your time. And check back in two weeks for another episode of Open Cloud Infrastructure. If you like this show, recommend it to a friend. Follow me on Mastodon as ssigman at infosec.exchange. That's S-S-I-E-K-M-A-N-N at infosec.exchange. The music in this program is licensed from Audio Jungle. Head over to my YouTube channel where you can check out the installation videos I do and how I set up my lab. Hop on over to YouTube and find me as at OpenCloud Infrastructure. 
See you soon and thank you for listening.